0: It's BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can
1: find. For this episode of BiblioVile, Nick read The Courtship of Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton, and I read Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Meg Dickinson.
1: And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we
0: we are back here again with two books, one of the self, quote unquote, help variety and the other of the, uh, what are we
1: calling it? Series. Lore. Lore Established lore. Extended universe. The EUs. EUs and SHs. I just have a really hard time categorizing anything by Jordan Peterson as Mm self-help.
0: Unless, yeah, for sure. It's so eating, bad eating an all meat diet. I'm kind of disappointed. I got this book for you with the assumption you would not really know who Jordan Peterson is, uh, and that I could do I could explain to him to you. I did not do a lot of research, unfortunately, but I can do a Kermit impression. So,
1: <laughs> is that what he sounds like?
2: Oh, yeah, he. The chaos of femininity is tearing our society apart.
1: I bet he has some opinions about Rihanna's halftime show. Um, expected mothers.
0: Yeah. Timely.
1: I. Uh, I. Would not have known who Jordan Peterson was, but there's a podcast that I listen to. I don't know if it's ghost. There are no
0: other podcasts. Other Susan, podcasts, except on for probably should've ours and the shutdown Down
1: <laughs> Those are the only two yeah. that exist. And the internet's only podcast, correct? Um, But there's a podcast that I listen to called Maintenance Phase that debunks a lot of like health and wellness nonsense. And they did a whole like multi episode arc on Jordan Peterson oh, good. Uh, because apparently he decided that the secret to a long and healthy life is just just to eat oh. meat, yeah, just red meat,
2: an all, right. all red meat diet. The protein alone is what makes lobsters
0: in demand. We can't get too far into it because you're going second.
1: Yes, I am going second, and I do have some things to share. He did not specifically reference the diet in his twelve more rules for life. I'm pretty sure it came out before
0: the diet thing.
1: Well, I thought I remembered, and it's been a while since the episode, but I thought I remembered that he did the diet as a way of like he was recovering from a very terrible health incident and also from addiction. And he talks about that opposite. a lot.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. They did the diet and then went to Russia or Serbia for some weird yeah. hospital thing.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it later. Um, but first, I had some help picking out your book this time. There.
0: You did. Well, that explains it.
1: Um, So I asked michelle well and i feel like i get to because i'm pretty sure michelle is partially responsible for inflicting the jordan peterson i provided her
0: a list of three and she picked yeah
1: so i asked michelle i told her about our extended universe topic i did tell her what i'm planning to get you for our next episode in this topic um but i asked her if she had any recommendations particularly in either like the dune universe or the star wars universe
0: the like I, I don't think there's any extended universe of Dune. It's just Dune.
1: So, but apparently the later books in the series are god awful. So I thought about that. Mm. Um, but she has a friend named Kevin, who is quite into the Star Wars extended universe. Has read a lot of the, the books. Legends. Yeah. And um, she asked Kevin, and Kevin had a lot to say about all of the various books that there are to choose from, but he recommended this one and one other one. And based on the plot summary on the back, I decided that this seemed like a, a pretty good one in terms of extended universe kind of silliness. Mm. How'd I do?
0: You did fine. I'm going to take my book back. Oh, okay. And we're not going to do a, a, an intro segment, I guess. We're hopping right into it. Uh, our son got a haircut. He's very cute. He looks like a big boy.
1: It's like such a big boy. And we I don't also, really know how I feel about it. We also
0: put him right into pajamas, uh, separates pajamas the same weekend and it's just not it's not great.
1: It's just not fair.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> uh so this is part of the Star Wars Legends series, which is what they took to meet, or to call all the extended universe uh after the next the sequel trilogy came out uh and invalidated like decades of Star Wars uh extended universe and the Star Wars extended universe is like uh, milestone-y in the shape of extended universes in that they just sort of let people get the license and then whatever they wrote, the rest of the other like people in that had to kind of deal with it. And so it was like, no, this is like canon. And so instead of it just being like one-off zines or whatnot, this was like a a new canon that was developing. And I have some experience with the Star Wars Legends books. Uh, I did not read some of the good ones, like the Thrawn books, which apparently were brought back into canon through a a spinoff little cartoon. Uh, But I did read the Legends of Boba Fett books, which were much, much better than I am led to believe the Disney uh, Plus series is, which is good uh speaking of which you should watch andor andor was
1: fantastic i'm not super into star wars i've seen it well that's
0: what makes it really good is neither is andor it's
1: fantastic yeah yeah it's really good i still think about that andy circus character arc like fairly Mm. frequently
0: where he like tries to break away from his alter ego but then it's just he can't do it
1: no it was a different andy circus
0: okay yeah is it the um, one where he's a South African arms dealer, except he loses his arm, ironically?
1: No, different Andy Circus property. Similar, yeah. Is it different. the one
0: where he's a monkey? A chimp? Uh, an mm. ape, excuse me?
1: Yeah, a- that's the one. That's the yeah, one. And or,
0: apes together strong.
1: <laughs> yes, that is indeed the one. Um, the long and storied career of Andy Circus, You actually see his real face in this one, so that's what? exciting.
0: Is that allowed? I don't know. Um. So, hooser I read the Boba Fett books, and now it's my turn to read a, a, a book about our our quote-unquote favorite trio of Luke Han and uh, mm. Leia. Uh, Chewie is there. 3PO and R2-D2 are there, but they are referred to as 3PO and R2. And then it's spelled out as T-H-R-E-E-P-O, P-I-O, 3PO, oh. and A-R-T-O-O, R2. And it's like, bud, 3PO... Like I get that it's it's kind of fun that that's his name instead of just his like serial number or whatever, but like, but that's his name. I could go for an R two. I could yeah. go for an R two spelled out like phonetically, but a three PO I just don't see it because it's also just three. PO yeah, that's weird. Like it should just be th- the number three. Three PO. Oh
1: yeah, yeah that's I weird. Yeah, weird so, stylistic
0: choice. They're all there. And so, this is after the fall of the Empire. The New Republic is picking up. Assumably, Dash Rendar is out there being Han Solo uh, somewhere, and then Kyle Katarn is out there being both Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. I'm
1: gonna pretend that I understood that at all. Oh, yeah? I don't know who these people are. No
0: questions to ask me to to pat out this review.
1: Um, I mean, you could explain what who any of those people are. Why are they pretending to be Han Solo? Have an actual because, Han Solo?
0: Because uh, no, they're not pretending to be Han Solo. Like Han Solo is Han Solo, but they needed more Han Solo. Ah. So this is Han Solo or
1: Hans
0: Han, Han Trio. Yeah, Han I trio. suppose. There yeah. Han yeah. Trio is uh, Dash Rendar from Shadows of the Empire. Okay. And then there's Kyle Katarn from the Jedi Knight series. That Kyle Katarn starts out as a as a Han Solo, so he's, you know, Han Duo or whatever uh but then it turns out he also has force powers and he gets to be luke skywalker too so
1: interesting yeah it's a very good
0: game uh it is aged terribly from dark forces
1: i feel like a lot of video games have aged badly i think not the whole thing about technology
0: well yeah but that's that should be true of a lot more technology but like music doesn't age terribly that as fast. Movies don't especially age terribly that fast unless it was made in the 2000s. But video games become unusable. Like, Barring exceptions, things that try to be cutting edge for the most part become unusable quite quickly. Like, If you try to play a a real-time strategy game from anything over 15 years ago, it's just like, what are buttons? I don't understand. So that's pretty weird. Now that you bring that up, I've never thought about that before. Anyway, back to this book. As you can tell, I'm very interested in talking about it. uh this is the the new republic is is currently trying to get a foothold one thing i do like about this book is that it spits in the face of every single fanboy who pretends that our original trio is a bunch of perfect uh little guys uh so the new republic is like doing not a great job because when you take down an entire empire it's not like everybody who belongs to that empire is like ah dang jig is up okay democracy or whatever so there's sizable amounts of warlords and, like, a warring states period uh, around the the rims of the ed- Empire and everything. And so Leia's trying to put it together on Coruscant, the imperial capital city, which will also become the capital city of the Republic, I guess. Um, capital planet, I guess. But uh, Han Solo gets back from fighting this one warlord, <laughs> Zinj, uh, and... He arrives back at Coruscant to find that, oh, Leia doesn't have time for him. She's so busy, and he's not really himself Does right now. Does he get
1: to be the whiny one in this one? Because Luke is the whiny one in the Star Wars movies. Does Han become the whiny one in they're this all story? The ho-
0: they're all the whiny one, because fair, fair. Uh, the, the Luke and Leia storyline is fun on the screen, because Harrison Ford is fucking hot. Yeah. And then... You uh, mean the
1: Han and Leia, not Luke and Leia. Yes,
0: well... <laughs> <laughs> the Luke and Leia love story of uh, episode 1 or yeah. episode 4 and then a moment in episode uh, 5 but uh Harrison Ford is fucking hot and Carrie Fisher is also fucking hot yeah and for a you know hour 20 minute uh, movie uh, starting in in empire strikes back and then return of the jedi you can put up with some of the like oh, he's a scruffy looking nerf herder and she's so uptight, like, <laughs> and they're yeah. kind of fighting, but they actually, both they actually like each other. Because they're both
1: losing with charm. Yeah,
0: they also like each other, yeah. and they don't want to like, whatever. And then you have to read a book about them, and you're like, these people fucking suck. Yeah. And I don't really get why they like each other at all. And it tries to write it, sorry, I haven't even gotten to the plot, but like, Han and Leia are trying to fall, or Han is trying to convince Leia to fall in love with them, for reasons. And it's like, they keep getting in those fights, and it's not even like romance book fights where they're kind of like, you know, nose to nose, kind of like nye, 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 and then the making out is right there. It just seems like they're just bickering all the time. yeah. And
1: Which is not fun. As someone who has read a lot of romance novels, both good and bad and mid, uh, it's not fun to read.
0: Yeah. Um, like the, the Star Wars movie, you know, they're bickering, 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 and then Leia hurts her hand on something, and then Han comes over and gives it a little massage. Yeah. And you can tell she goes, stop. Like, this is the gross part, but she says stop it, but she doesn't mean stop it. She likes what's happening or whatever. Yeah. So, that's not good. But at the same time, like, it's a movie, so I don't think I didn't do that. Um, anyway, uh, so he comes back to Coruscant, trying to win her hand, but he gets back just in time to find, like, hey, people are, uh... Are coming to offer gifts to the new republic, and one of them is uh, this guy, Prince Isildur from Hapes.
1: Isildur,
0: sure, isolder.
1: am well, I'm, I'm, the joke that I'm making is that's one of the characters from Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Apparently, we're doing a crossover here, it it's all in the I- same universe.
0: Isolder, no, yeah, okay, well. Leave your fucking fantasy out of my science fiction. My, I don't know. My very I, hard science fiction. I
1: think this is proof that Star Wars and Tolkien are in the same universe. Mm. Make it work.
0: Middle Earth. That's, I think, somewhere <laughs> in the Outer Rim, ironically. <laughs> yeah. Um, But uh, Hapes is le- is lavishing gift upon gift upon gift on the New Republic, basically trying to buy a friend or whatever. And they are this. This is one thing I liked about this book is that in the Star Wars movies all we ever see is the empire and then like the new republic and the the prequels and the the sequels mm-hmm. and everything um but it's like that's a big ass fucking galaxy dude like there are other countries yeah. out there it is not one galaxy empire and so the hapes is like a, a different uh country of made up of worlds or whatever to to put it but what can you call a country that takes up multiple worlds a region a section a polity sure i can't really
1: i can't really comprehend such a thing
0: it's a well it's not real to be fair uh it's a different polity and it's trying to buy friends in the new republic and the last gift this is a matrilineal society so the queen mother is the leader of it uh the the author's a big sub i'll get to that uh the uh the the prince prince eiselda offers himself as a gift to leia as husband
2: he is proposing marriage Ooh, to her
0: and of course then han takes it as a very oh, well he's my lady uh or whatever um he's also just super hot and if you go back and watch the next generation the star trek uh, show every single bad boy has the exact same like brown hair stubble weird 80s midriff cut thing yeah that's dash rendar they're all dash rendar in the uh-huh. next generation and prince Isolder is like what if dash rendar had long hair and was a like an eight like a SoCal uh, aristocrat or whatever. Okay, uh, so that's this guy, and he he wants to marry Leia and make her his queen because she's such a wonderful person, and she would <laughs> as a woman take over the. So she's gonna like marry into ruling Hapes or whatever. Okay. So it's like a hard offer to pass up. Yeah. So Han kidnaps her and takes her to a uh, planet he won in a card game. And it turns out that this planet is a primitive planet that has been quarantined by the former Empire because on it are uh, very powerful Sith uh, witches uh, in another matrilineal society. And so uh, Han crashes into this planet and then Luke and Isolder have to come save all of them. Uh, And then they fight the witches. And the
1: Sith witches um, wind up seeking uh, refuge on the... um, a big spaceship that the people of Earth are on uh, that they've left generations ago. And it's a really great mystery science theater movie called Space Mutiny.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the Space Mutiny, the, uh, the the yeah. Yes, I'm going to go play with a Balarian under my robe. Uh, yes, the Valerians eventually enter into the, the, the second sun.
1: It's all connected.
0: Um... Yes, everything is one universe. (laughs) Um, Well, when you think about it, uh, but there's this primitive planet and uh, Luke is looking for secrets of the former Jedi. And one thing I liked about this book is that Luke is kind of bad at his job because Luke is not the chosen one. He is not the most powerful Jedi to ever have existed where it's easy to forget that he's the most powerful Jedi to ever have existed. Son. Darth Vader Anakin Skywalker is the most powerful Jedi that's ever existed and he never beat Darth Vader he only convinced him to like kill the Emperor instead of him or whatever he turned him back kind of good for a second before he played the harmonica it's a very funny video where it looks like Darth Vader's playing the harmonica anyway so Luke is like getting his shit rocked every once in a while it's very funny because he's not he's not very good at this and he never had a particularly good trainer Uh, and so he goes to this this planet trying to save Han but also looking there's a lot of secrets for the Jedi and it doesn't really matter. Uh, However, I do have some quotes uh, to enter into. Uh, Here we have uh, just a funny thing. Han is trying to get C-3PO to help him win Leia because he's a protocol droid. He knows people. Uh, And so at one point he says, Han placed a a hand on 3 pos metal arm. You're a good droid, 3 po You're a good droid. There's not many droids I like as much as I like you, which movie Han would never say that. I don't know. What would you do if some droid prince was trying to muscle in on the woman you loved? And to that I say, <laughs> buddy, you don't know 3PO if you think there's a woman droid he loves. Yeah. hey <laughs> uh, So at one point, 3PO makes up a song to try and convince Leia of how good uh, Solo is. And it's like funny because everybody finds themselves humming it throughout the rest of the book. It's, pretty, it's a pretty good bit. That's pretty cute. Uh, it turns out Han is a king.
1: Oh, naturally. King and of, that's canon now.
0: Yeah. King of Corellia, the city or the the planet he is from. Uh, and so that's a fun one where he's king. It also turns out that at one point they try to convince you that Luke dies. Uh, Luke rattled around on his falling ship thrown against the transparisteel like a doll. Isildur silently prayed then aimed his life sensors at the cockpit. Nothing. Skywalker is dead. That's 139 pages out of 374. I'm and like, you're like eh, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not having like if this was even a movie, you know, I I'd also it I feel like more.
1: if Luke Skywalker died in the middle of this book, it would not be called the courtship of Princess Leia. The
0: death of Luke Skywalker. Do you know that Chewbacca died because he had a planet dropped on him oh, no. in the comics? Yeah. Somebody dropped an entire planet onto a different planet no, and killed Chewbacca. Buddy. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, but that's legends again. Um, so they show up at this primitive planet and, uh, Luke finds, oh man, would you believe it? There's a whole ship here that was the floating Jedi Academy or whatever. And so that's, that's neat and nice. Uh, meanwhile, Han is trying to convince Leia, you love me and I know and whatnot. And he does get a couple of those I knows and because it's like, yeah, I saw the movie too. Um, but uh, Luke and Isildur and our 2 are quickly captured by uh, a lady, a primitive oh. lady, who has very strong legs and likes to climb. And I could not help but imagine her as the fighting uh, gym person from Pokemon Sword. Oh, yeah. Uh, the horniest it's game in existence.
1: Horny-ass Pokemon. No, excuse in.
0: me. It is not horny. It is thirsty. Thirsty. Yes.
1: So the yes. thirstiest
0: game in existence. The fighting gym lady that is basically 90% thigh. I'm here for it. I'm not going to deny I'm not here for it. But that's how I imagined her. Definitely
1: an aesthetic. Yes. yes.
0: And so the uh, the entire planet of uh, woman warriors with men just showing up every once in a while uh, uses force and they call it spells. They call it magic because they have to speak while doing it to make it happen. And then Luke shows up. He's like, you don't have to talk. Like the talking does nothing but make you believe it's going to work. Yeah. And that's how the force works. And so he's a very powerful witch, a male witch. And so this lady is going to take him as her husband and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not not on. He's not not interested, but at the same time he's like, I want to really fall in love. And that's when I remembered that this dude is supposed to be like 22 years old and yeah. not the like 57 year old uh, deadbeat dad, Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi. Yeah. Which by the way is the best Star Wars movie. Uh, because if you don't like that movie, then all you wanted is more Star Wars. But if you like that movie, it turns out you like movies. And that was the best movie.
1: I don't think it's the best Star Wars. I think it's it's the best of the three All oh, right.
0: Yeah. The Empire Strikes Back is probably the yeah. best one. Yeah. But they both have, get this tight, uh, manageable stakes. Yeah. Right. Uh, people who are wrong. Luke does the wrong thing in Empire Strikes Back. He's not supposed to go hunt down Vader. Everyone tells him this sucks. And he's like, I can't help it. I gotta. And he gets screwed over because of it. It's great. And then The the Last Jedi has tight, manageable stakes as opposed to The Force Awakens, which is just, what if Death Star but five or whatever when they, like, how am I supposed to feel for entire planets at a time? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Whatever. Screw you guys. uh, At Susan. If you want hey. to argue about this,
1: oh, I thought you were saying like "screw me" specifically. Oh I'm no, like, oh, I didn't. Do no, anything.
0: at like you can te- or you can uh, tweet at Susan if you have any feelings about Star Wars, or uh, you can find me on Twitter at copbite. Cop bite. It's my brother's Twitter handle. Um, <clears throat> so we we continue on the way through, and basically, it's coming into okay. We're gonna have to fight these evil witches. Because the dark side is so seductive and yeah. the evil witches, and we're locked here on this planet. And the way our our feminine society works is, if you do something bad, we kick you out into isolation, and then you get gathered up by the Sith very easily because you're alone and you were mad at us for kicking you out. And it's like that's a bad plan, guys. You need to stop yeah. doing this. Uh, and so basically, we need to fix the Millennium Falcon because it got broke on the way in, and that means it
1: always we, seems to yeah.
0: We gotta do yada yada quests and whatnot. Uh, the Primitive Planet uh rides, and I'm gonna just drop the name of the creature here, and I wanna see if you can even name the movie it appears in. They ride Rancors. Star Wars was the movie I was like. No, the last uh the uh Return of the Jedi is the one with the Rancor in it. Remember Jabba's Palace when uh yeah. Han is in Carbonite and there's the big scary monster? Yeah. That's a Rancor. Uh, and that is a rancor. It's apparently a juvenile rancor. They get even bigger. They also have a language and talk to their their family and friends and give them commands and explain uh, lore to them. Here's why we do what we do. And it's like, bud, that's not an animal. That is a person. If they that's are a doing species, the, that's a sentient yeah. being, and you are using them as beasts of burden, uh, they take care of them or whatever. I guess, but that's. They should have representation in the Galactic Senate. They are people now because they have history and language and and by any measurable definition. But anyway, this tribe uh, rides rancors around, um, which is a fun little detail. And so basically, here comes the climax. And it's not a poorly written book uh, in general. Uh, but like, okay, our, our gang's all there and they need to all band together despite be fighting over Leia to get off the planet before, uh, the warlord who actually is in control of the planet and before the witch who's, uh, the leader of the Sisters, comes and kills all of them or whatever. And then it happens. Uh, but on our way, we do get a fun discussion full of one yikes moment oh, and one not so yikes yeah. moment. So, uh, the Isildur guy has been trained his entire life to be the queen's son. He's talking to Leia about, you're going to make such a good queen because you were supposed to be a queen anyway, and now our kids will be rulers. And she's basically like, you're believing in some sort of genetic leadership capability. Then Luke Skywalker has uh, something to put into it. All I'm saying, Luke said softly, is that distasteful as it may sound to you and me, Isildur might have a point. Intelligence, charisma, decisiveness, all of these traits are likely to have genetic components. And so long as these traits breed true, then perpetuating a guild of leaders might not be a bad idea. Luke Skywalker, Eugenicist. Leia does say, I think it's a terrible idea. Leia said, you've seen it, Isildor. You've seen business people on your planet who could lead as well as you. And then he says one good thing. He says, I suspect they might serve well as leaders. They certainly are leaders in commerce, but I'm not certain they should be allowed to leave governments. Our business leaders tend to measure everything in terms of growth, profits, and output. I have seen worlds operated by business people and they take little thought for those people who are seen as a drain on their economy. The artists, the priests, the infirm. I would prefer to let such lead- I would prefer to let such readers run their businesses and not their government. Okay, yeah. All right, you got a point there, buddy.
1: You got a point there. But uh, yikes, but this Luke is Skywalker. Well,
0: no, he is also like, and therefore that is why my feudalistic royal bloodline is best because I, you know, I'm just fit to rule. So, yikes. Cute.
1: I was, I guess I was hoping that this would be like. How to marry a duke? Smutty romance? Oh, nope. But in a Star Wars universe? No.
0: As much as you, as much as I demand, and you demand, and we all demand genre stuff in Star Wars. The People Mandalorian just don't behave. The Mandalorian is the only one to do it so far.
1: I think Andor. That's not genre did. stuff.
0: That's just like drama. The Mandalorian is clearly a monster of the week. West.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair.
0: You know, and they should do a Saving Private Ryan, but Star Wars. And they need to do... There's another one I really think they should do, but I can't remember what it is right now. Your or sister really one wants to... No it kind of you No. No. It was supposed to be, and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many characters. Just like a tweet. Um, your sister wants to hunt for the Red October, but Star Wars.
1: That could be legit, but it has to star a young Alec Baldwin. Oh,
0: I remember my second...
1: <laughs> young Alec Baldwin could get could it. Could get it.
0: If you can get past that forest, you're going to have to take a machete with you to get past that forest of sh- uh, Chester, True Grit, but Star Wars. Okay. That would be a pretty good one. Um, so to, to wrap it up, they get off the planet. Imagine that. This book is not very good, despite not being a How to Marry a Duke body romance. Uh, and there's one specific, like, legitimate writing critique I have of it. And okay. it is this. They end chapters at the end of scenes. The scene ends, and so they end the chapter. And to that I say, book down, I'm moving on. Yeah, no, there's no hook. You got to end the scene at the height of tension, cut away to a different scene and and uh, uh, amp that up to the height of its tension and then cut away back to the first one resolve the tension and then go somewhere else and revol- re- like they kept like, "Oh, I he sat back up. He was fine." Next chapter or whatever. Yeah. And so it's it's not good. Uh, yeah, the, the central romantic tension between Han Solo and Princess Leia is one that works in a movie because everybody in it is hot, not in a dialogue-heavy novel where they actually have to uh, get along. Uh, they do end up getting married at the end. Luke is late.
1: Sounds like to a... The,
0: to the way He's kind of like a... a dunce like i kind of liked it he gets a shit rocked by the main villain because he's like vader was holding back am i good enough at this and it turns out nope he just like gets aneurysmed like the lady who's the main villain just like waves her hand and like his brain vessels explode Jesus! and then he like barely survives and is able to the to harness the uh life force of the planet which he spent the entire book talking about like you know the force is life force or whatever and so he comes back one fucking shitty thing was that the first third of the book is Leia being very worried about this conference between like a predatory species and an insectoid species Mm -hmm. and the insectoid species screwed over the predatory species so they're gonna go to war and one's gonna eat the other and that's like a whole thing and so I'm like oh this is gonna be some Secret thing that matters. And then it just fucking does it. It's like they, it never comes up again once she gets kidnapped. She stops thinking about it entirely. And I'm like, why did you spend all that time telling me about this situation? Yeah. Maybe it comes up in another EU book, but like, why did you spend all that time hanging that gun on the wall? Yeah. And then you walk to a different house. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Bosque's gun. That's a Star Wars uh, literary trope, right? If you hang a, if you hang a, um, uh, slug thrower on the wall you have to it has to pay off in the third act
1: yes exactly
0: yes but the only problem is that according to Darth Vader there's no disintegration it's just lying
1: jeez sorry sorry can I interest you in a new podcast co-host who gets your reference uh, I'll just
0: do it myself I'll be Han solo
1: -huh um, I think our Han duo is pretty nice.
0: That's pretty good,
1: so hey Mick, as we get ready to uh talk about my book, uh-huh, who's Jordan Peterson?
0: Jordan Peterson is a big old Canadian dunce that's who he is <laughs> who he big Canadian dunce who got his start uh bravely. Bravely, just also bravely refusing to address a person by their uh, pronouns that they asked them to do because this is college and college is not a place for figuring out who you truly are. Sorry, this is college and college
2: is not a place for figuring out who you truly are.
1: This is just the stupidest thing in the entire world. Like someone says to you, this is how I prefer to be addressed and your immediate response is,
0: no no like no gonna do that even beyond all the very very good reasons to do so who fucking gives a shit dude yeah you could come up to me wearing oakley's on the front of your face and on the back of your head like you just took the other pair off and say dude call me spider and if you're one of my students i'm gonna think in my head it's fucking stupid but whatever sure hey spider how's it going
1: yeah what's it fucking matter man yeah it's like, it takes, yeah, stupid, absolute idiot. I, I think in, like, before listening to that podcast podcast episode about Jordan Peterson, I think I conflated him with um, Joe Rogan, mm. but I think just because they both have bad politics that I don't agree he with. They have pretty bad politics. Joe
0: Rogan has something going for him where he is truly just a fucking idiot. And you're just yeah. like, dude, you're just dumb. And I'm pretty, like, I don't mean to defend the guy because he's an awful dude that mm-hmm. does a lot of harm in this world. But I'm pretty sure he would agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is something he's to be said pretty about, pretty like, a fucking idiot who gets yeah. a lot of money, man, and he shouldn't I, get that much money, but.
1: What I've learned about Jordan Peterson and what I think maybe the, the danger of someone like Jordan Peterson is that, like, he is, he he was. I don't know what he does now. But like he was a college professor. He is highly educated. He they was. to take my. He was a psychologist. Like yeah. that's dangerous, in a lot of ways. But anyway, he wrote a book uh, called Twelve Rules for Life, and then yeah, decided like lobster, he to read make your bed another one. He yeah. needed to read another yeah. one, so he came up with twelve more rules for life, and, Okay. The first thing I'm going to say about Jordan Peterson, he tells part of his story. His wife was very, very sick. She had a sort of boomerang back and forth of cancer remission, cancer remission, cancer remission. I cannot imagine how awful that would be. Right? That's a terrible thing. Then he got very sick. Um, He was prescribed benzos, basically, and was not given any real warnings about like the impact that they would have and also how careful you have to be when you go off of them and like got super addicted, tried to quit, had a lot of complications when he tried to quit. Like he they his family went through some stuff. And I'm yes. I'm
0: I'm not It was his daughter that made that such a difficult process. She got like power of attorney. <laughs>
1: So then he, like, his daughter takes him to this clinic in Russia yeah. to recover. And there's all this stuff. And that's where I think at some point then he came up with the idea of this only eat red meat diet. But, like, he's – this this stuff that he took from this experience is batshit. Like, I think – People go through these really difficult moments with health or with family or whatever, and you it changes you, and it changes the way you think and your outlook on life. And I think some people can come out of that in a really positive way. This man came out of that in an absolutely batshit way. Batshitter. It's, yeah, it's crazy. The one thing in this entire book that I, had agree, I agreed with, he's talking about the situation. He says, I can tell you what has saved me so Sorry, far. Do it in a Kermit voice? Is my um scratchy I'm getting a cold voice not karmic enough? No, you should I can tell you what has saved me so far. The love I have for my family, the love they have for me, the encouragement they have delivered along with my friends. You gotta start crying though. <laughs> That's
0: pretty good, actually. I could
1: see it. Yeah. But so like Up yours, woke moralists. That line of like I went through this really difficult time and it was like the love of the people around me that got me through it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Sure, like, why not? Yeah. That is the only thing in this entire very fucking long book that I agree with. <laughs> um, this book, Mick, is so long. This man, I'm not surprised. He felt like he had to write another book because he just has so fucking much to say. But wow, he, he has so many words. He does not need to say any of it. So like he literally could have published this list of 12 more rules and just published the rules and it would have been about as much content as the entire book. And this book was long. I'm just going to read a couple snippets for you just to give you an idea of his writing style, which is atrocious. Can I ask you, how many
0: times do you do you guess he uses the word woke?
1: I don't know that he uses the word woke that much. What about moralists? He uses that a lot. Mm. When you are visited by chaos and swallowed up, when nature curses you or someone you love with illness, or when tyranny rends asunder something of value that you have built, it is salutary to know the rest of the story. All of that misfortune is only the bitter half of the tale of existence, without taking note of the heroic element of redemption or the nobility of the human spirit requiring a certain responsibility to shoulder. We ignore that addition to the story at our peril because life is so difficult that losing sight of the heroic part of existence could cost us everything.
0: I wasn't listening for half that because I got distracted by the fact that he said chaos and I started thinking about Warhammer.
1: Mm-hmm. But then
0: the part where he was talking about heroism, I was like, that sounds vaguely fascist. Which yeah. Which is not surprising.
1: He goes on very long tangents. A lot of biblical references where he'll go through and summarize like large passages from the bible a sure lot of, correctly a lot of lord of the rings references a lot of harry potter references read a different book lots of greek mythology references well
2: you know the collective unconscious tells us the story of humanity through these fables and these fables exist in order to show us the way
1: Furthermore, the order we strive to impose on the world can rigidify as a consequence of ill-advised attempts to eradicate from consideration all that is unknown. When such attempts go too far, totalitarianism threatens, driven by the desire to exercise full control – where such control is not possible, even in principle. This means risking a dangerous restriction of all the psychological and social changes necessary to maintain adaptation to the ever-changing world. <sighs> and so we find ourselves inescapably faced with the need to move beyond order into its opposite chaos.
0: Oh, so now that the tide has turned, where so, like a, a policy of, hey, wear a mask and uh, help make people not want to self-harm, uh, well, now we need a little bit of chaos. Yeah, now we need so, a little bit of chaos. Yeah, and unfortunately, before it was a sort of let people do what they want to do and then we needed order and now it's a you should do this thing and we need chaos.
1: Would you like to hear some of the rules? Uh, Sure. Rule number one, do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or creative achievement.
2: Hierarchies exist
1: for a reason. Hierarchies exist for a reason. It's important for us to be around other people to sort out our place in them. 50 pages to say that. Rule number two, imagine who you could be then aim single-mindedly at that. The secret. Okay. 38 pages. Like you just read the rule. Uh, rule three, do not hide unwanted things in the fog. This is basically just like deal with your shit. Don't try to like push it all down. Deal with it because mm-hmm. otherwise it'll come back to get you.
0: Did do you know that one of his first rules was make your
1: bed? Oh, so he gets a lot more esoteric in this one. Apparently. Yeah. Rule number four. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Like basically make yourself indispensable at your job by doing things that no one is doing or that no one wants to do. You won't be recognized. They won't pay you anymore. Hope she sees this, bro. (laughs) Uh, Rule number five. Do not do what you hate okay
0: what if i hate reading a jordan pearson book
1: yeah apparently i did that
0: what if i hate making people feel awful apparently i should really focus in on that here's
1: where he gets into um hating on the woke moralists abandon ideology Mm, good thing you don't have any dude work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens try to make one room in your home as beautiful as possible If old memories still upset you, write them down carefully and completely. Plan and work diligently to maintain the romance in your relationship. Do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. Be grateful in spite of your suffering. Those are his 12 more rules. I love how it's
0: like, uh, you know... Just think about going to therapy more or less, except don't pay a therapist, those charlatans. Yeah. Uh, Try to keep the spark alive and boink your wife or partner. Let's face it, your wife. uh, Or girlfriend, I guess. Um, And then stick it up the ass of those woke moralists who try to tell you what to do. It's like... Why do these have to be in the same yeah. book?
1: these the, One of these things is not like the other. The best part that I love about all this is this is something
0: that young men have been told their entire lives, but they've been told it by people they don't choose to listen to, but they're forced to listen to. So therefore, the ideas are bad. But then they get to choose to. And for some reason, the person they choose to listen to is, a is Kermit, Jordan Peterson, is a Kermit voiced Canadian. Yeah. And they're like, these are
1: this is genius. Stupid. Hey, make Um, You know how one of your favorite quotes is that quote about how the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results?
0: Yeah, Does he drop that?
1: No, but he adds to it. Sanity is knowing the rules of the social game, internalizing them and following them. Mick loves that quote so much. He wants to get it tattooed on his body. Yeah, I want to... I know the rules of how tattoos work,
0: so I'm going to follow them like a good boy.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's another really cute one. Uh, He's talking about diamonds. The combination of durability and glitter gives a diamond the qualities that justify its use as a symbol of value. That which is valuable is pure, properly aligned, and glitters with light. And this is true for the person just as it is for the gem. Hmm. Glad we're emphasizing purity I was say, a as synonymous with value. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you can mm. get a
0: better uh, price. I was going to say dowry, Gross. but you give away a dowry for yeah.
1: um, Here, I have a really long quote for the one that's, be grateful in spite of your suffering, but I don't even want to read it because this book sucks. Thank you. Um, See, I'm being grateful in spite of my suffering. Uh, what? <laughs> At one point um, in the cra- – I wish I had my notes. I think I threw away my notes somehow because um, I wrote down a list of all of the random tangents that he went on in just one chapter. Mm-hmm. There were multiple – like he summarizes in the entirety of book two of Harry Potter, like gives a plot summary of the entire thing. Why do
0: they do that? i
1: don't know
0: they do that they did that with the matrix and brain hackers yeah whatever. yeah
1: summarizes whole passages of the bible like all I'm this sure stuff. sure very correctly at one point he references the mephistophelian Memphis, spirit referencing mephistopheles the devil yeah but mephistophelian is quite the word devilish i don't know that anyone's ever used that one before or does he
0: mean the cat Mr. Mes- Mephistopheles. Definitely
1: Mr. Mephistopheles. Probably the
0: little kitty cat. Yeah.
1: He's a little kitty cat. Memories of
2: some red meat and benzos. Oh, no.
1: Um, well, not the drug addiction. I don't want to make fun of the you drug addiction. let
2: pronouns. Or maybe not, I suppose. i am Jordan P. I'm Jordan P. And I love to cry. Um, See me on Rogan
0: this, this Friday night. I forgot how it went. I, I eventually did all covered in cheese. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: going to say. Um, this book went on and on and on and on forever. And his advice is all over the place. And his writing is all over the place. And imagining him as a college professor, if he lectures anything like how he writes... That would have been absolutely miserable. He
0: did it about like Jungian stuff is very stupid. The, the the code
2: of morals is that we have a collective unconscious yeah, where he, all these come from. He
1: references that a lot in his in his references too. Um, he makes a lot of references to that in his insane rules. Uh, it's just like it was just bad. This it just is not good. Mm. His writing is bad. I don't care what he has to say, and it's not interesting.
0: So, Susan, you're gonna move not towards the Volsa or to the from the to the Incel community, but you know, choose a different path.
1: I'm going to Excel.
0: You're gonna Excel at doing yeah. it.
1: <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah, I don't know that I ever really want to hear anything more about this man. I kind of hope he fades from the collective Conscious. subconscious. Yeah. The collective conscious.
2: Yeah. Well, back I go into Canada, I'm back for syrup and to defend
1: my
0: uh, accreditation.
1: Terrible, terrible book. Now that
0: Elon and owns Twitter, I'm sure he's doing fine.
1: I had to doubt. Down- I had to keep like rechecking it out from the library three separate times because I finished it really early. But then it took you a really long time to read your Star Wars book. But it's, I needed Star to have, Wars. Um. But I needed to have it still on my Kindle so I could find my notes. And like the passages that I had highlighted. So the library thinks that I'm just like really into this book by Jordan Peterson. Or
0: that you're just a slow reader. I would love to know the average reading time for this book.
1: Ugh. It would take it's forever. E- it's either like I way some, too fast or really I slow. actually did not. I keep track. I have a Google Doc where I keep track of all the books that I finish. Yeah. I know Goodreads exists. I don't want to use it. Um, but I did not write this down on my list of books that i finished in 2023 because i skimmed so heavily yeah. towards the end i was like i don't think i can count this as actually having read it you're more honest
0: than me from your summary i'm gonna count this book on my book list so <laughs> All right. mostly
1: because you just want people to give you credit for knowing the wisdom of jordan peterson yeah
2: i'm gonna go to school tomorrow and be like hello uh, children please gather around while i tell you about
0: power structures and why they're necessary Dumb. Uh, anything else to say about either the rules of order or the rules beyond order?
1: I'm just over it.
0: Maybe short order? Cooks? I
1: I am glad that my next read is not going to be a self-help book. These ones are rough.
0: Yeah. Well, we are a little off topic next week. And. We're gonna save it as a little yeah. bit of a treat because uh, be I'm scared to make I'm scared to make any promises.
1: Next week's gonna be a little bonus episode. We'll leave it at that.
0: If it all, next episode is yeah. well we'll we'll leave this vague just in case we have to make up some excuse and make up a different one just in case because I, I don't like promises. but it should be fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma uh, and you can find the podcast Twitter at Bibliovile.
1: I'm on Twitter at Susan J, that's S with three U's, S-A-N-J.
0: Our intro music is new, it's pretty fun, it's called Candy Apple Red, but I can't remember who it's by until I open up my Spotify, Uh, and it's called Candy Apple Red by Annabelle Chairlegs. Off the album Gotta Be In Love.
1: You gotta.
0: You gotta, that's one thing about In Love, you gotta be.
1: You gotta.
0: All right, thanks so much for listening yet again. We will see you next time for a good grand old flag. I love you.